0: The Colorado Business Roundtable unapologetically tells the story that business is a force for good in our community, featuring conversations with thought leaders from academia, business, community, and government. Welcome to A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown.
1: Thanks everyone for joining us on this edition of Seat at the Table with Colorado Business Roundtable. And today we're talking about workforce. And one of the organizations that we work closely with is Colorado Succeeds um, very closely, especially with Scott LeBan, but I'm really excited to get to know two people on the team who I don't know as well, but I'm eager to get to know them and and hear more about their expertise, particularly around the area of credentialing. So first, I want to welcome uh, Katie Zabak, Vice President of Government Affairs. Welcome, Katie. Thanks so much for having us. Thanks for being here. And also Ben uh, Gehrig, Senior Manager of Strategic Partnerships for Colorado Succeeds. Welcome, Ben.
0: Good morning, Debbie. Thanks uh, for having us this morning.
1: You bet. Well, I want to start with Katie first because Katie's new on the team but has an incredible amount of experience, particularly working with post-secondary institutions, um, also right here in Colorado. So Katie, before we jump in, tell me more about you and your journey and how you ended up at Colorado Succeeds.
2: I have been working in higher education for almost 20 years now and really found myself working in this industry because it has the potential to help everybody in our society meet their own potential, which is part of my values. So I started first working at an institutional level. Um, I spent a number of years working nationally with states who were trying to transform their higher education systems. And then spent a number of years working with the state of Colorado. And so I am really excited to be part of the succeeds team. Um, I've seen how other states have been able to leverage their business communities to really make sure that the post-secondary system is meeting the needs of their economy. And I think there's a lot of opportunity here in Colorado to do that work. And Succeeds has already been doing it for a number of years. So I'm I'm just really excited to get to join the team and help deepen that work.
1: That's great. And I love that you started with kind of your why on why you like working particularly with this specialty. It's something I haven't done as much of before I Became the president of Cobert, but I've always talked about higher ed as just being a game changer for lives. Uh, It really was uh, in my family's life with my parents being, you know, pretty much poor farm kids who had an opportunity to go to college and change the trajectory of then my life. Because it was always sort of this expectation that I attend a post-secondary institution. So um, thanks for being here, Katie. Then then let me jump in with you, senior manager of strategic partnerships. So one of your strategic partnerships is hopefully with us. But tell me more about your role and, and what you do for Succeeds. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So I've been in higher education about 10 years now in Colorado. I went to see you from a master's degree in journalism and then worked at the University of Denver for several years in marketing communications. And then I also worked at Arapo Community College working in dual enrollment and concurrent enrollment. And then when Succeeds had the opportunity uh, for this senior manager position in June of this year, I jumped at the opportunity because I've been following Succeeds over the last several years. And just the, the work that they're doing in this space from a very innovative policy, um, policy to practice perspective. And yeah, really their mission of making sure learners across the state. Uh, maximize their potential through education, all the way from preschool to post-secondary. Um, is very close to my heart as well. Uh, I grew up around higher education in a small town in northern Indiana, and have just always been around it, and it's, it's a huge economic mobility, um, as well as social mo- mobility driver. Um, and so the values of this position, um, it was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me.
1: And Ben, you already talked a little bit about Colorado Succeeds from a big-picture standpoint. One of the things I always thought was interesting is um, the term post-secondary education. What, is, what does that mean exactly? Is it, is it primarily just institutions of higher ed, like traditional schools, like a University of Colorado, or what, how do you all define that when you, when you think about that term for Colorado?
0: Post-secondary education obviously includes universities and colleges that we all think of, CU, CSU, Colorado School of Mines, uh, also includes trade schools and vocational schools. And, and these um, large credential producers um, often produce students that have diplomas and certifications and an academic degree. More and more of what we're seeing is alternative non-degree credential providers. Um, and they provide everything from an industry-recognized certification to a license or a badge. Um, even nano-degrees, people are talking more and more about. So higher traditional higher education uh, providers can offer some of these uh, more nano degree or micro credentials, if you will, um, but you're seeing new entrants into the space as well, like general assembly and Activate work and catalyte on the technology space. And so it's a really exciting time for education to, to have sort of the um, original uh, traditional model as well as these, these new um, innovative entrants as well.
1: Well, and I, and I don't know how you all feel about this, but really workforce has been the number one issue for my employers representing about 60 large employers even before COVID. And the disruption of COVID really provided um, an even bigger focus on workforce because it's been even tougher to attract and retain employees and to really pull employees in and talent into um, pipelines. So it seems like this disruption has also disrupted uh, this post-secondary space. And I know um, serving on the task force, the 1330 task force last year was really, really eye opening in terms of these post-secondary options. Katie, I'll throw it to you. What have you seen in terms of the last year or two, the conversation around workforce post-secondary options? Have you seen a shift, a mind shift a little bit because of what's happened with COVID?
2: I think that we have known that there's a significant need for developing our workforce for a long time. The numbers have shown it. The Georgetown Center has been reporting that we are going to have a skills gap. And so that's a big reason why our state has been focusing on increasing the production of degrees and credentials.
1: And we I already think, have a skills gap, right? We don't even right, have to be able exactly. to support for that. We already do.
2: Yeah, and, and we've known that for a while. Um, I think one of the places where we maybe show, fell short is making sure that the degrees and credentials that we're producing are industry aligned, that they're meeting the needs of our industry. And our system is not really built to focus on that and so that's part of the important shift that I think we're starting to see now is these conversations around what are the in demand areas, what are the big challenges that our industry is having in terms of identifying work in different places where they're seeing gaps and how do we make sure that we are transforming our education system and the way that we talk about education to actually meet those needs. And not just, um, you know, for a long time, oftentimes hired was like a choose your own adventure. And that is great for exploration, but it doesn't get, ultimately people are coming into the system because they want a better job, they want a better life, they want more economic mobility. And so we need to make sure that we are providing them with the opportunity to pursue the different degrees, credentials that are going to get them there.
1: Right, and kind of back to the why again, you know, what's the why? it's a couple things, right? Colorado workforce needs to have their needs met in terms of keeping us supplied with products and services and lights on and all the things that business and industry does, but also so every Coloradan can actually find a path to support themselves and live their dream, like live their best life. So it's, it's an exactly. interesting why in that perspective. And, and I think too, you know, for so long, I think we've held to this that the only way to kind of fulfill that dream is with a traditional um, four year degree. And it seems like all that's changing too, the mindset. You know, we've got large employers that are even training their own workforce uh, or coming up with strategies. I think about like Google or even Boeing to some degree and Amazon, for example. So the mindset is so shifting, which I think makes the conversation about credentialing so relevant today. That interesting mind shift of how do we help people achieve their dreams through lots of pathways.
2: Well, and we know that the four-year degree ultimately does um, have a lot more stability and the reality is is that oftentimes people are not taking a singular path to get there. They're coming in and getting a credential that allows them to immediately get back into the workforce and then maybe they're coming back into the higher education system at a later date to pursue either a different credential or to go all the way through to a four-year degree. And so really, when we think about it, it's more of an ecosystem that we're creating that we want people to be able to navigate easily to really get to where they want to go and to meet the needs of that industry.
1: Perfect. So, Ben, throwing it back to you, you all recently released a new report called Unlocking Our State's Potential, One Million Credentials of Value for Coloradans. In this, you talk specifically about one million credentials. What does "of value" mean, and how did you arrive at that number specifically?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll take the "of value" section of the question, and I'm going to toss it back to Katie for the the back of the napkin um, arithmetic, if you will. So there's there's no math ma- no math questions. <laughs> I guess I
1: did ask you a math
0: question, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So. If we think about the job shortage across Colorado, right, I've been to Elizabeth Garner's talk on multiple occasions. She's the um, Colorado, the state demographer. Debbie, I'm sure you've seen her presentation as well. It's entitled like a perfect storm of of, um, what's happening in population and growth trends across the state of Colorado. So historically, we've been able to import uh, folks who are highly trained, highly knowledgeable, have bachelor's degrees in hand when they come to our states. And employers are able to find folks that are aligned to their workforce needs. Um, Moving forward in the next three, five, seven years, that um, steady pipeline is starting to run dry and we're having to get more creative around homegrown talent and who are the folks in our backyard that can be reskilled or upskilled with a credential that may be a traditional degree credential or it may be a non-degree credential. Um, but really focusing on alignment of what industry needs, right? It's a simple supply demand. Um, I guess there is a little ryth- arithmetic in my answer, right? If we need 40,000 nurses over the next 10 years, um, that's a tangible number. How many nurses are our institutions across the state producing in a given year? Um, if we need 20,000 tech workers, um, we can go to our institute our education providers and see how many um, folks with the technology credential they're producing. So I think the it's not just more credentials for the sacred credentials, but really elevating business voice to have a seat at the table to say, hey, this year I need this many software developers, but in you know next year that might shift to cybersecurity needs, right? And so I think Carro succeeds wants to position ourselves as the mouthpiece for industry and business leaders to be as nimble with our education providers as possible.
2: Yeah, I would add in that one of the challenges with importing all of our challenge is that Colorado has actually some developed some of the largest equity gaps in the country in terms of who has access to education. And so we also want to make sure that we are creating an inclusive economy where everybody has access to economic mobility. And what we are seeing in the numbers is that there's just huge gaps among different populations around who is accessing post-secondary credentials. So that is another really important factor around why this work is so important, is to make sure that we are creating a pipeline um, for all individuals to
1: rise in this state. And then what opportunities, I mean, Ben, ben you kind of alluded to it, but whoever wants to answer this, for, for our partners, we also represent the business community in and nonprofit and government, we call it the ABCG, academia, business, community, and government. A lot of large private sectors might wonder, um, you know, how can they get involved in this to help advocate for some of this pipeline creation, if you will? Um, what would you say to our partners on knowing how they can get involved and advocate for this unlocking our state's potential with credentialing?
0: Yeah, I would say a low-hanging fruit would be sign on to our 1 million credentials of value um, network that we're starting to rally around, right? Cobert, um, has been an early partner in that work. Um, the Colorado Chamber, Community College of Aurora, um, Careerwise Colorado. So we will be happy to send out to, um, Cobert stakeholders access to that, um, the report that we're referencing, 1 million credentials of value for Coloradans, um, how we got to that number and what we think are the most critical tasks to tackle first. And then we want you to sign on to endure, endorse the network of bringing uh, business leaders' voice to the table in in more tangible ways.
1: And where do, where do people find the report? Then is it easy to find online? It is, yeah.
0: www.colorado succeeds forward slash postsecondary.
1: And then tell me too. What are you hoping you'll have achieved in the in the next year? If we were to talk a year from now, what would be um, the end game?
2: I hope that we have a business community that's active and engaged in this conversation and a partner um, in helping education providers think through how we can help to meet the gaps that they are seeing and how we can start to produce those 1 million credentials that are going to get us to where we need to go.
1: Yeah, I love it. So um, I'm excited that we're, we're such good allies with Colorado Succeed. So to be able to bring you both on and talk about the report unlocking our state's potential: one million credentials of value for Coloradans is really awesome, and we'll definitely put the link in with uh, the podcast today. So, want to kind of close us off? We now close off with a little bit of a lightning round, just for fun, because um, credentials and all that—that's the hard stuff. But now I've just got a few quick questions for you both as we wrap up. And um, Ben, this one—this one will be for you. Um, favorite powerhouse lunch or happy hour? What's your best tip?
0: I to say, so we work in a really cool old building downtown, uh, 17th and Stout um, area. And there's this noodle bar um, around the corner from us, Mania Noodle Bar, which I find uh, fantastic. And my colleagues have introduced me to that. And then right next to it is Mermaid's Cupcakes. Those are life changing as well.
1: <laughs> okay, good. I, I'm making a list. That's awesome. Katie, how about you, best way to relax? Oh,
2: so I love to relax on the ski slopes. Nice little bump run. I know this does not sound like it's relaxing, but it relaxes you my see- brain. See-
1: it relaxes see- me. See- I'm a yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> just chicken. Yeah. All right, cool. Ben, what's your favorite binge? It could be a book, a podcast, or a Netflix series, etc.
0: Oh, I should probably have my wife answer this question. It's it's the Last Dance um, docu series about Michael Jordan. and Phil Jackson in their last of their six championship runs and just the leadership involved on both Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan's uh, parts. just is sort of intoxicating for me to watch. And I've seen it maybe four times now.
1: That's fun. I've never seen that. And I like sports um, shows. So because it's rarely about sports, it's always about leadership and discipline and that kind of thing. So very cool. And then um, Katie, wrap us up with the best business advice you've ever received to get a seat at the table.
2: I think the best advice I've ever received is to be curious, to come and to listen and to understand what people are uh, needing and to be able to
1: respond to that. That's awesome, that's awesome. Well, thanks um, Ben and Katie with Colorado Succeeds for joining us today. Uh, This has been a really enlightening look at one of the top issues facing all Colorado employers is still workforce. And how do we help not only fill workforce demand, but help give Coloradans the tools they need to have the piles of opportunity uh, that they deserve to live, work, and play here. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. This has been A Seat at the Table with Colorado Business Roundtable.
0: A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown is a production of the Colorado Business Roundtable. You can find this episode, a listing of our upcoming events, and more information about our organization at cobrt.com.